DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Mauritius, thank you once again for joining me. Thank you for having me, Chris. We're continuing in our conversation about soberness, a virtue, monastic virtue, that really is applicable today, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, as we mentioned before, the virtue of soberness comes out of the monastic context. The, the German word for sober, nüchtern, means nocturnus, which means at night, nightly. So I was interested, as I was discovering or trying to get deeper into this virtue, what does the rule of St. Benedict say about the night and about how monks spend the night, how they should spend their night, and how they go to bed? And I found a lot that pertains to this particular topic. It was kind of surprising. You know, I knew the texts before, but uh, in this uh, context I thought, hmm, St. Benedict teaches us how we should go to bed. Um, I remember my novice master always said, the way how we go to bed is the way how we get up in the morning. There's really a a parallelism here. So if you go to bed angry, I bet you get up angry. If you go to bed restless, you get up restless. If you go to bed peacefully, you get up in peace. If you go to bed in sadness, you get up sad. If you go to bed with a sense of hope, you get up with a sense of hope. And so on and so on. Why is this? Because during the night we are asleep, we cannot change anything. We know we are, we, we are not active anymore. So that means what we had in the evening, this we find in the morning. Same with concerns and worries. You know, sometimes in the evening we, all these worries come back or come again. If we take them to bed, they will say hello in the morning. <laughs> they don't go away. <laughs> exactly. And, um, for example, if I numb myself with alcohol in the evening or with eating or with uh, television or internet... I will get up numbed. 
I won't be able, even if I'm a little bit more sober, kind of physically, uh, my my sense, my soul won't be really aware and awake and open because I compensated in the evening. I want to read to you what St. Benedict says uh, on the monks and how they should spend the night. He put this in chapter 42, Silence after Compline. Compline is the last prayer of the monks in the evening. He says, Monks should diligently cultivate silence at all times, but especially at night. Accordingly, this will always be the arrangement, whether for fast days or for ordinary days. When there are two meals, all the monks will sit together immediately after rising from supper. Someone should read from the conferences or the lives of the fathers, or at any rate something else that will benefit the hearers, but not the Heptateuch or the Book of Kings, because it will not be good for those of weak understanding to hear these writings at that hour. They should be read at other times. On fast days, there is to be a short interval between Vespers and the reading of the conferences, as we have indicated. Then let four or five pages be read, or as many as time permits. This reading period will allow for all to come together in case any were engaged in assigned tasks. When all have assembled, they should pray Compline. And on leaving Compline, no one will be permitted to speak further. If anyone is found to transgress this rule of silence, he must be subjected to severe punishment, except on occasions when guests require attention or the abbot wishes to give someone a command. But even this is to be done with the utmost seriousness and proper restraint. Isn't it interesting that <laughs> Benedict speaks about the time after Compline and, and the evening and the night, but he speaks a lot, speaks a lot about meals. Here you see already this is connected, what we eat, what we consume, what we take in, and what is happening in, during night. And this is basically the main question that he poses to the monk. What do you take in in the evening? It pertains to the meals, but also to what you listen, what you are listening to, what you hear. You know, we have here the readings at table, and he kind of gives criteria what should be read in the evening. That basically means be careful what you read in the evening. Be, today we would say be careful what you watch in the evening, I guess. Because this all has an influence of, of you, especially during night, where you cannot defend yourself anymore if you wish. You know, you are just, you have to surrender to the night. So meals are important. What do I eat in the evening? It really has an effect on how I sleep, right? If I eat something heavy, I won't sleep well because the, the stomach has to work to <laughs> digest all of this. You need this energy to digest instead of just letting go and, and giving rest to your body. Reading, as I said, what do I read or watch at night? 
And, and you might it, find it kind of funny, or you, maybe you have smiled when you heard this, that certain books of the Bible should, should not be read in the evening. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Although it's Holy Scripture, <laughs> it should not be read. And um, why? It's clear, because um, it stirs up some imagination in the, in the monks, especially in those, St. Benedict says, who are weak, or weak of understanding. So those who cannot abstract or detach from what is given in these stories of the Heptateuch, for example. In other words, watch what you hear and watch at night. So there are certain images on television, on, on the internet, that if you take those images in... I'm not saying they are following you, but at, at least they are not going away. <laughs> um, and they might not be good for you. So one should be prudent and wise in this sense. Well, Father Mauritius, I think you've just brought up something so important that hopefully the, the monks are not affected uh, in the monastery as lay people are out in the world. And it, it seems as though I'm always busting in our conversations on smartphones and our technology. But it is, I would say, more common today to have your phone charging next to your bedstand. So when you go to sleep at night, you are either receiving texts from friends. That, that may not be a bad thing, but you're also looking um, the latest news stories, the what's happening right there, and it's right next to your bed. And if you should wake up in the middle of the night, more often than not, we'll grab that phone because we, we tell ourselves, oh, I can't go back to sleep. Maybe I'll just take a peek. And you get drawn into so many things. It really is addictive. So um, I try to, to be really disciplined to intentionally shut down or turn off the phone or the computer. But it is, it is a temptation. It is a temptation. Because parents will tell themselves, well, I have to have the phone next to the bed because my son or daughter may call or they're out or they have teenagers. But as you said, it is addictive. They've found that the phone, actually the action of scanning what's on your phone is as addictive, it produces the same thing in the brain as cocaine. So, but we, realizing, as you're showing us right now, especially in, in our conversations, mm -hmm. you have to be aware, don't you? Um, it is interesting that Benedict does not forbid reading in the evening. He only clarifies what we, sh we should read. Um, so there's another temptation. When we are tired, in the evening usually we are tired, then we want to relax, which is a good thing. But if we do it too abrupt, if we just let go everything, that's not good. We should really wind down slowly, kind of come down slowly. 
And how do we do this? By consuming something, taking in something that builds us up. So that's the idea of the table reading here at supper for the monks, you know. It's not that they should just boof after work, eat something, then boop, drop into the beds. No, he still, Benedict still uh, demands uh, an activity. We have to kind of counteract a little bit against the body and the soul that is uh, losing its energy. We have to counteract. We have to, at the same time, still be active, but more in a spiritual way and, uh, and, and kind of challenge our mind with positive things that, that build us up, that help us to, to go to bed in a, in a good way. So we should not read something, for example, that is very exciting at night, because something that excites us <laughs> does not lead to rest, right? Um, or frightening. Or frightening, yes. Good example. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a fiction work. There's mm -hmm. enough nonfiction right now. Yes. That yes. can be frightening. Yes. You know, what I recommend is there is no simple answer to the question, what is good for me in the evening? We have to experiment a little bit and just be sincere, kind of what does me good, what, what, does, what, not, what doesn't do me good. We have to find that. And that also changes in the, um, in the course of life a little bit, you know, what we need in the evening. During night, we are more receiving than giving. So the receiving part is stronger in the evening, in the night. And this is why we have to be careful. What do I receive? What, do, what, what comes in? You know, during the day when I am when I am in my day consciousness, uh, I can better defend myself or react to things that are exciting or that come to me that I consume. But in the evening, I become weak, if you wish. I become vulnerable. I become vulnerable to whatever comes to me. So I have to, to be more careful in this sense. For people who are workaholics um, and who work a lot, for them it's very important to let go work. And I guess people of the same kind were already in Benedict's monastery when he says, <laughs> otherwise he wouldn't mention that, that some who are still engaged in assigned tasks, that even they should come later to those gatherings when they read the scriptures or the fathers. So I can imagine how that was. You know, there were some people in the monastery who felt very important. Oh, I'm the treasurer, maybe the cellarer or the cook or the infirmarian and all that. So important things. Without my work, this monastery cannot continue. I have to, you know, I cannot go to prayer now. I cannot go to Lexio Divina. Benedict says, okay, if you have a assigned task, that's okay, but try to still come, and if it is only a little bit. What he says basically is you also have to let go work. We cannot work at night, can we? We cannot work 24-7. We have to sleep. Even the, the fittest guy has to take rest. This is just a fact. So why don't we embrace this truth and wind down and let the work go. We have to really intentionally 
say goodbye to the work in the evening. Maybe I don't wake up in the morning if God calls me. You know, you never know. So you have to let go. There's no other way. So we better do it uh, instead, instead of uh, being continuously attached to it and not be able to, to let it go. There's a there's real damage that's done to our bodies, isn't there, Father Mauritius, by not having a restful sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's it sounds as though that's exactly what St. Benedict and you in this instruction are trying to guide people how to prepare yourself mm-hmm. for that restful sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And the fact that Benedict emphasizes so much silence has also to do with this. Silence is kind of already the sober state, you know. And silence does us good. I think he emphasizes silence because uh, the monks were sleeping in dormitories. So <laughs> if they would talk and chat and whatever, the others could not sleep. This is one factor. But the silence in itself is nurturing and is good. So the monks call this since centuries silentium magnum the great silence. The monks should be silent all the day long, but sometimes they have to speak, but during night they really should not speak. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildey. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. Glorious St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue, pure vessel of God's grace, Behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. Graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession, confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, 
to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of His loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Why is silence so important? Because silence help you, helps you to become open for God. Silence is the way how we open ourselves to God. When I shut up, so to speak, God can speak. So let, we talked about what do I take in in the evening and at night. If I just stop, with this I give him, God, the chance to speak to me so I can take in him, himself. An important takeaway from this is the winding down. Mm -hmm. It's not the, as you said earlier, it's not the shutting off. Mm -hmm. there, to, to realize there is mm -hmm. a difference, mm -hmm. and it's how you wind down. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, a part of this winding down for the monks is Compline. This is this liturgy uh, of the night, one of the most beautiful pieces of our liturgy, very short, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, it's not longer, but beautiful. So I was uh, curious to see what does the liturgy of Compline contain for us, for this topic of soberness and of how the monk should go to bed. And I started to contemplate a hymn uh, that is very old, it comes from the 7th century, and I want to read it to you and to interpret it. To thee, before the close of day, creator of the world, we pray that with thy wonted favor thou wouldst be our guard and keeper now. From all ill dreams defend our sight from fears and terrors of the night Withhold from us our ghostly foe, that spot of sin we may not know. O Father, that we ask be done through Jesus Christ, thine only Son, who with the Holy Ghost and thee doth live and reign eternally. The Latin originally 
is also very beautiful. If you don't mind, I could even chant it if you wish. Oh, please do. Yes, it's beautiful. De luces ante terminum, rerum creator poshimus, ut protua clementia, sis presul et custodia. Procure cedans omnia, et noctium phantasmata, hostemque nostrum comprime, ne polo anto corpora. Presta pater piissime, patrique compa unice, cum spiritu paraclito, regnans per omne seculum. Amen. It's a very simple melody, but I think a good melody for the evening. I wouldn't say it's a lullaby, but it goes in this direction. <laughs> Sounded like one to me. It was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So this hymn starts to address the Creator. Why? Before we go to bed, we should remind ourselves that this world has not started with us and will not end with us. And this is a relief. Even if the sleep and the night sometimes feel like a little death, the tradition says it's the little brother of death, We don't have to be afraid. This world is bigger and there's more life for us, even if we go to sleep. The hymn says, To thee before the close of day. In Latin, Te lucis ante terminum. So we are talking here about the transition from light to darkness. This is where soberness comes in. Because soberness means that we have the courage to look with the light of our conscience and with the grace of God also to the dark parts of our own lives. So in other words, when we go to bed, this hymn allows us to go to bed with our good sides and with our bad sides with our joys and with our fears. There's nothing that is hidden before the light that never ends. Even if the sun goes down and it becomes dark around us and maybe in my heart, this light that is God never ends. This is why this hymn addresses the light. And then it speaks with thy wanted favor in Latin, pro tua clementia, should be protection and guide. Clementia, that means clemency, mildness, gentleness, softness. It's important to be gentle to ourselves in the evening and at night. To others, anyway, but to ourselves as well, because God is gentle to us. That also means if we still have something that we that makes us angry about ourselves, that we 
don't like in ourselves, we should forgive us. We should let God forgive us the sin and not go to bed with the sin. This is the reason that at the beginning of Compline, of night prayer, the monks have a confiteor. They have a reflection in silence and then they pray for forgiveness. We should not take our sins into the night because they make, will make our life and our sleep heavy. We should instead meditate on God's mercy and mildness. And then the hymn says, God, we invite God to be our guard and keeper. In Latin, presul, our guard. Why is this important? Because when we sleep, we give up control. We are not in control anymore. So who is in control of us? And with this prayer we say, God, please be you the one who is in control of me. Be you my prayer soul. Be you my guard and keeper. I want to be in your hands, not in the hands of other people. Guard. In Latin, custodia, that means protection. God, be my protection. Why is it important that God is our protection at night? I once uh, did a, a trip to Italy just by myself, and I was uh, walking, I was hiking, and I was uh, staying overnight outside in the fields. It was beautiful at the beginning. All of a sudden, dogs started to bark like crazy. There were about 10 dogs that were coming at me. And I realized, oh, Mauritius, you are so naive. You know, you think you can just go somewhere in Italy, in a Toscana, and it's the paradise you lay down in the midst of a field, and you are in God's arms. No, no, that was the territory of some dogs, and that basically means the territory of people, so I was sleeping at a place where I shouldn't have gone. But that was the moment when I realized how important protection is at night. Usually we are protected at night because we are in our beds and we, most of us hopefully have a roof and have a house. You know, we, we are protected. But at that moment I really realized what it means to sleep unprotected, you know, without protection, just exposed. So we need protection at night, but not only from outer and outside dangers, but also from inside dangers. And this is also be will is also uh, mentioned here in the hymn, because he mentions dreams and phantasmata, which is basically nightmares. So we we know two different kinds of dreams: the positive dreams, for example. Joseph should take Mary and the child to flee into Egypt. So thank God that Joseph did not drink in the evening, that Joseph was sober so that he could receive this dream. God was speaking to him and he uh, acted upon it and, and took his wife and went to Egypt and, and the child and went to Egypt. So these are positive dreams, but sometimes there are also nightmares and negative dreams. We wake up bathed in sweat. They disturb us. They disturb our sleep. And the hymn says we, God should keep away those 
uh, those kind of dreams. And finally, it is also said that um, our bodies should not be polluted. Me polluantur corpora. What does this mean? We pray that God may keep clean our bodies. Practically speaking, that means for men that God may protect them from ejaculation, an emission of semen, which might sound strange because why? how can this be a moral sin <laughs> if something like this happens to your body during night? You cannot control it, right? So everybody who, who has this experience should not be concerned about it. You cannot control it. However, why does this prayer pray this way? He wants to make sure that he fully surrenders to God, totally, so that he wants to be totally open for God and just be in his love. So the whole manner how St. Benedict asks us monks to go to bed and to spend the night is about learning to take serious God's loving presence and protection and to exercise and practice this confidence in God. Not to rely on alcohol, television, smartphone in order to be able to go to bed, but rather to rely on God. He will give you all you need. You don't need much for the night, but this, what you need, he will give you. And then just, just, then surrender into his hands. The fact that this is a prayer that the whole church is praying so that you're not alone. Yes. Even, you know, even if you're in a field, Yes. And you pray this. There's, yes. there's the reality of that grace, isn't there? Oh, this is a beautiful thought. You're right. All the priests and many lay people, the monks, everybody, the whole church prays this prayer uh, at night. And it gives us peace. Yeah, it's my favorite. Every night, this is how mm-hmm. I've learned to go to sleep in, mm-hmm. in praying this because as you mm-hmm. pointed out there there's that moment to reflect and mm-hmm. it is a in the ignatian spirituality that it's the examine prayer mm-hmm. but it has always mm-hmm. this is not as new as, mm-hmm. as a saint ignatius it's actually been a part of the monastic tradition mm-hmm. for a very very long time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just this summer. I was in Montserrat the first time in my life, and this is the place where Ignatius came across the Benedictines, and I guess he he experienced uh, our liturgy and, and this way of, of uh, winding down. So with Compline, that is something that is very accessible today, too, for anyone, not just religious, because there are so many resources out there that you can tap into now, here's a good example of having your smartphone by your bed, being mm-hmm. able to access that, isn't it? Yes, very much so, yeah. It's short and it's simple, but very powerful. Well, any final thoughts? Yes, just one thought. I wish you a good night. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> tonight, whenever you go to bed. I wish you a very good, peaceful night. Mm, let it be. Thank you so much, Father Mauritius. You're most welcome. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vildi. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Fildi.